Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. Here we are, back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast, and Origin is upon us finally, Boxhead. It is, yeah. What is it now? A week away. Teams are in. Eight days away. We said last week, unusual, that you know, generally in the lead-up you talk a little bit more about things or prospective lineups. but given uh, the sudden change we had a couple of weeks ago in the enforcement of the rules, we've had lots of injuries, we've had lots of suspensions, so uh, again... That bug bit before the teams even got picked up until the last game with Tyson Brazil, who looked an absolute certain starter with the back row situation being ruled out. Yep. So the teams are in. But uh, kicking us off, set of six for this week, six topics, opinions, anything we want to talk about. And they are two of the tackles in our set of six. Tackle one, the New South Wales team, uh, and having a look at that and going through it. Anything stand out to you? Any surprises? Anything that... No, not really. Took your eye, I, really. I suppose, for a lot of people. Probably not too surprised in regards to uh, the bench in particular. thought the bench was quite strong. Back row, a lot of people were throwing names up for that, but injury suspensions has affected yeah. that. So it's a bit of a no-win situation. And the back line, I don't really think you can make too many arguments, possibly, in regards to that. Um, you know, at the start of the year, there was plenty of talk about all the young centers, best Lomax, Stags, etc. But injury, not playing form, has definitely affected a couple of those guys. Stags hasn't hit the field. Best hasn't been able to stay on the field. Lomax isn't on the field. Crichton, playing fullback, pushed over to the right-hand side for Burton, who's probably the informed center, actual center in the competition. But similar to what we see in these rep arenas before, trying to fit the best players onto the field. So they've got Luttrell and Tommy Trebojevic either side of the field with Tedesco from the back along with Fox and Toto on debut, Luai on debut, and Liam Martin. So no surprise to see a swag of Panthers for the New South Wales team. Yeah, they deserve to be there. Again, arguments around the half situation. I didn't think it was an argument. Cody Walker paired up with Nathan again when you've already got that club combination. His form has been okay, I guess, but Luai Cleary. And then the Jack White situation. I know there's a lot going on at Canberra, but again, if you're going to pick Jerome, the talk about him being a 14 for me doesn't work. Jack, on the other hand, is the absolute perfect 14. You can still have him in the team. And again, form-wise, I don't know why you'd go away from that Panthers combination. It's the best combination you could pick. Yeah, 100%. Back line, like we said, with those other options. About the only other thing I could have seen is if they really were impressed with Burton and there was talk that Freddie was impressed with Burton, but you would have had to have gone against probably picking Luttrell, which for some people, I don't know if they were surprised to see him get selected, given (laughs) some thought that last year... No. His papers were marked, but I never thought that would be the case with Fred. Fred's not that kind of person to write someone off. So yeah. um, Burton's not up to origin at the moment. No. I think he, he will be in the long run, but not. It'd be unfair to put him in there now, anyway. 
Uh, the, the only one, <clears throat> I guess for me, I guess it's not really a surprise given the situation, but Jake being pushed up to play front row, I get now that that role is a more mobile, lightweight role, but Yo pushing him out of lock, him going there and the style of game he plays, I don't think we need too many cooks in the kitchen as far as ball playing. He likes to play with the ball, get pre-line, link up with the halves, like, and it's, it's a bit more of a slower tempo and bit different to say how they play with Penrith where you've got that link man and Yo who's got more leg speed gets on the line links with Drone links with Cleary like, like they were talking a bit about yesterday with having so many options there that can pass Latrell can pass Tom can pass I don't think we need all these guys having too much no, we need influence we need Nathan Cleary and yeah, to run the shot we need those guys for their strike and the way they carry the two centers obviously we know they've got good catch pass as far as executing if we get space and numbers but the talk about having all it's these never that type players. Of game. No, but all the talk about that, I'm like, that's not what we need. We need Nathan to be the dominant figure, which we saw with him and Kiri in game one last year. Didn't work because we had two alpha males. He's now with his club mate. They went against the nine situation where, you know, I, I guess they're going to give Cook a game to see if he can fit in or play well with these guys. And they've got Arpy right there and he feels that 18th man. Um, but yeah, just from that point of view, and they brought that up in regards to Jake, Yo, etc. I'm thinking, well, Yo is there for a reason. Yo, form-wise, to me, has been the best lock in the competition and he's playing the best team and his halves are there. So I don't want Jake playing that role. That's not his role in this team. If he's going to be playing in that middle third, get yardage, get quick play of the balls, just do a job there. Because if that's the way they want it and you're going to have all these guys spoiling the broth, I honestly would have gone with another guy with a decent carry rather than pick somebody just for that reason. So Let's see how it plays out. You've obviously got Paulo and Haas off the bench, huge impact. Jack, who can cover anywhere from one to six and at a pinch pushing one more player in. You can honestly just throw him in the middle of the field and let him get wild. Defensively, he hits like a jackhammer. He runs the ball hard. Um, and the other guy on the bench there, Liam Martin, probably the biggest bolter. Yeah, he deserves to be there. Out biggest of everybody. Ball. So. so deserves his spot. I think the biggest bolter is Tarek Sims. I get I know that. injuries sort of dictated it, but he's at least been I, would have been, I would have been happy to play Liam Martin ahead of Tarek Sims, to be fair. But uh, I, don't, I don't mind the Sims thing given the situation. I think he's been good for us in the yeah. past when need be. And there's been a couple of games this year where I, I, get, I think he's been a standout for St. George. Not every single week, but there's been some good games or good efforts, I guess. Penrith haven't lost the game. Martin's nah, played well. I understand so. that, but he's also played off the bench for the majority of them as well. So I guess they don't want to throw him straight into the deep end. But um, yeah, there's not many things you could argue about. In that one spot, like we said, back row, you had Corden missing, Crichton suspended, Frizzell injured last game. And Years prior, you know, we've had a guy like Madison who's been on the fringe the last two years. This year, head knocks, not playing yeah. much football. And Wade Graham, who used to be a walk-up start for utility or cover in the back row, Foreman, head knocks, he's yeah, not even chance. in the picture right now. So not usually this is the one position that we look at and go, we're stacked. But this year on injury suspensions and form, uh, we're quite wanting, I'd guess, in that area. I think injury suspensions. I think there's enough form players there to... Mm. So looking at what he spoke about last night, uh, the left-hand side, most were asking, would Toto be over there? He said, no, they're going to move Fox back to his natural left-hand side. So it'll be Latrell, Fox, Luai, and I'm assuming Tarek Sims will play on the left. Uh, Cam Murray, as, as again, people have thrown up the question marks about him playing there. I assume that he might move into the middle at some stage if they're looking for that to get Martin out there or Martin can either yeah, I don't like Cam Murray in the back row at all. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I know people say he's done a job in the past. They've used in the centres at club football, etc. But it's like, yeah, I just... Off an injury, his one game back. His running game is his strength. Yeah. In the middle of the field. In the middle of the field with his footwork and the way he plays there. 
Uh, I think he can do a job there, but again, I think it just really screams to the situation. As long as he's got license to roll in and do plenty of that, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. Starting off with Jake and Safidi in the middle with Cook and Yo, and then the right-hand side, I'm assuming, is going to be Cam Murray, Cleary, Tommy Turbo, and Toto will be on the right-hand side. So Tedesco at the back, and those guys, as we said, Haas, Paulo, rolling your middles, Liam Martin, either for one of those edges or can play a middle role, I guess, and then you've got Whiten for any occasion, and however you want to use him, injury, or get him in the game. So... Similar deal. I think that position's a bit overrated as well. Which one? The 14. But anyway. Hmm. Well, again, I don't think you can have much better of a 14 in terms of what he can do. Yeah, I like the fact that he can cover model position. And I don't think he's your typical where you go, he can do an okay job there. Like, he's been a really good NRL fullback before. He can play centre. He obviously won the Dalian medal at 5'8". And then defensively and physically, you wouldn't have a problem if you had to use him. Just, yeah. Yeah. I might have, I might have gone with Appy, but... Because I, I just think if if Cook's form flows into origin, I'm not sure how effective he's going to be. Well, I think it's certainly um, risky. I'd I'd be happy then to roll Coruscant in and also just have two fresh sets of legs coming out of nine. I think nine, we could all agree that nine is your most important position now in the game. I, I can't see how it would be a disadvantage to have two really strong, fresh Fast guys out of out of nine, but mm. that's just me. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have picked Whiten, but I just think you either pick him as your six or you put him in the centres or you you don't pick him at all. That that's sort of where I'm sitting. I I don't know how Freddie's going to get him into the game without like who does he bring off to get Whiten into the game? Well, again, unless he's got an injury, you got or is Luai? Is Luai going to be the fourteen? Is looking... this a smokescreen that Whiten's going to play six? I, you can't to me like picking Luai. You either playing him or you're not playing because he's but okay. He's but, so where, where's Whiten going to play? He's not going to play one. He's not going to well, play. Got... He's, he's so we're saying Whiten is injury cover. Is yeah, that what we're but saying? I also think on top of that, like I said, he doesn't just do. But don't a... you don't you pick your side to win the game, not to cover injuries? I think he's another guy that you just want to have there. I, I'd be happy to have I him. was the one last year saying he should be the 5'8". Mm, he form, shouldn't have been a centre. Yeah, he shouldn't. But I'm, I'm now saying if he's not good enough to be the 5'8", they also, well, I'm I saying, wouldn't pick him. Similar deal. I like, would have had Coruscant. I, I think Jake, it's if you ludicrous want another, that Coruscant isn't the 9 anyway. If you want another battering ram and not someone to be there as a ball player, which I think Yo has that role with those halves, I would have rather... You're going to throw him on a back row, bring Cam Murray off, and then roll Cam Murray on at 13? I'm just trying to work out how he's going to get in the game. Unless you just swap, swap, you bring a centre off. You're not going to bring one of the wingers off. the trail, but... So where... Oh, that's what I'm asking you. Where does he play then? Anywhere he wants him to. Yeah, You just... You can't give me an answer. Front row, where does he... How does he get on the field? No, he's not front row. That's what I'm saying. I I just don't see how how he plays. Again, like you said, one of the edges, if he feels he needs to roll one of those guys out, does he roll... So, whereas if I pick Coruscant, I would put Coruscant on... And he would make an impact on the game. That would be my opinion. Mm. But then if you do get an injury, you've got zero cover because you've got two props. Who cares? Well, That's the game. If you get an injury, well, if we get an injury to um, a nine, if we get an injury to Cook, who's going to play there? Well, looking at you, what can, you've got there. <laughs> you can't. You don't have one. So Again, it's the same thing. You're putting a half You in could there. pick as many players you want on the bench. You're never going to cover for every injury. I just think you pick your best team. You pick a team that's going to have the most impact. I don't see where Whiten has an impact coming off the bench without displacing someone who's in the starting side ahead of him on form, is what I'm saying. Coruscant, to me, is ahead of Cook on form. Coruscant, to me, 
would have an impact off the bench in that bench role by having two fresh nines. That's just playing devil's advocate. Well, I'd agree. And when we get to the Queensland team, I'm surprised they've released Reid Barney, but that's another story. But 18th, 19th, man, you set up your Coruscant. Campbell Graham, I assume that one form hasn't been as good this year, but they're on the bye this week. So Crichton, he's left out, and I'm assuming he'll get rolled in for the next game if they're on the bye as well because it doesn't affect their game. Yeah, why um, carry him? We're carrying him for experience. But uh, we'll have a more in-depth... Can look. you tell me how... If I'm Penrith, I'm on the phone to Freddie saying, if he's not playing, we want him playing on Friday night. It's ridiculous. Penrith pays wages. Well, the other thing is, if he's activated as the 18th man sub, I don't unless you get an injury to your hooker, it's pretty useless to have him there. Because if he gets activated, say, the 50th minute, you've lost a middle or an edge or a half, etc. Like, Jack kind of covers yeah, you're better off having Jack man. as your 18th man. Because he covers more positions. That, that's my point. Right. Yeah, we'll go more in depth when we do our origin preview. But tackle two, the Queensland team. Again, I didn't think there was any real surprises here. Part of that comes down to injuries. Depth, they always are obviously shorter uh, as far as what they can pick. But um, I don't really think there's any surprises. When you look at guys that were there last year, a couple of guys that are injured, like Papali on form and obviously suspended right now. Uh, Lindsay Collins would have been definitely part of it. He's injured. I think one, not a surprise, but I was wondering if they would look at Hunnigan utility-wise because he can play nine, cover halves, etc. Mm. Uh, they've obviously gone away from that. And then I was more surprised with the thought that Reed Marnie wouldn't be included in the 17, given they have Offa Hingiawi, Felton Hess, like Moiaki, Fotuaka, Sura on the bench. I thought were walk-ups. AJ Brimson, if he's healthy, obviously uh, is there. Same but, thing. How does he get in the game? Well, that's the point I was going to make. With the way these rules are going and everyone's saying origin will be different, origin will be different. Well, if they're saying they're going to referee the way they're refereeing the club games, and that is the standard now, I think you're almost better served if you don't have a middle or someone that you do like playing with guys that you think can be a threat to the game or inject into the game. I honestly feel like he's not as big as, say, a Morgan or whatnot, and I kind of see White in that similar kind of role where you can just inject him. But the one-two punch with having the two hookers or rolling a Brimson out there... Um, I really don't mind it. Like, offhand Gowie is not someone I'd really look at and go, I'm going to give him a hell of a lot of minutes. If Hess came into the mix, his form's been better playing as a middle this year. But realistically, 18th, 19th, and what they've got going on there. Well, clearly... Sewer's just been dropped from the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Fodawaka had a better year last year. Offhand Gowie doesn't excite me at all. No. Brimson. We've definitely I got love Brimson, a better but I don't bench. know how to get him into the game. Cole Feltz, 18. Mahoney, yeah. Yeah. Cohen it... Hess, yeah. They've clearly put that as more so cover. So. But we did this last year. We looked at their side and went, yeah, and then they yeah. fucking beat they us. Beat so. us. So left-hand side for them, you'll have Fafita in the back row with Munster. Mm. Gagai, who was outstanding on the weekend, and Holmes has found form. So that's definitely very dangerous. So uh, that side, the middle, Welch has been epic for Melbourne. Most offloads in the competition. Grant's been passed healthy today, hence they released Reed Marnie to play for Parramatta, which surprised me. I thought they would have gone with the two-hooker. One-two combo, like you're saying, to just... Well, what, what won Queensland game through last year? Harry Grant came on the bench. Was, yeah. And the other thing is, he, he's breaker. just come off a hamstring injury, and you're just going to give him <clears> 80 minutes in origin. I, I think that's crazy with, again, the options of off Angie and other guys on the bench. And uh, Arrow, obviously, there is the lock. And then the right-hand side, Felice Cafusi was cleared tonight. Daly Cherry Evans, the halfback. Catewell will be right centre, and Xavier Coates, uh, they're marking up on our left, which is Fox, Luttrell... Luai and Sims, I think if they're going to find love anywhere as far as a disconnect, Latrell in the past has had some issues defensively there. Luai, you can isolate. Tarek's obviously there, so I think he's definitely going to have to be a bit of a bodyguard 
in that regard. But that edge is going to have to work uh, pretty hard, I think, in particular in the next week or so. It's probably great they don't have a strike centre, but again, in saying what you said, last year you look at Catewell, and I was happy for him to be picked there. He absolutely embarrassed Gutherson, mm. who, again, generally isn't a centre, but Catewell did a hell of a job playing there. That's for sure. Yeah. So when you've got guys that generally don't defend front line, Tom the other year with Roberts, they had a bit of a disconnect as well. Obviously, being there with Nath is probably a good thing. He's a strong defender, but Gagai, Munster, Holmes, etc. on that other side of the field, uh, you know, I think that's probably the big point there. Just edge defense is something you definitely need to work out when you've got guys that don't commonly defend there. We saw that with Gutherson last time playing in the front line and not picking guys in that position. So uh, I guess they're starting 13, real no surprise, but I think it's a good team. Bench, similar to you, doesn't really excite me. I think Mo and Sewer can do a job coming on as middles or off in Gowie. Sewer's obviously covers an edge as well. Brimson, I, I just like the thought of unleashing him in the middle. Yeah, uh, into the game and letting him run wild. If these new rules and the way we're refereeing, it is going to be how it pans out. But that's the one question mark I think we've all had and we brought up a few weeks ago when the kind of harsher enforcement of these rules comes in. Is Origin going to be any different? Is it going to be like club football this year where it's a bit loose and we're moving the football around and there's penalties left, right, centre and potential for sin bins and opening the game up or are we going to see that more slow, physical game that we've generally seen in the past where you don't get much breathing room, you don't have a whole lot of space, etc. So, um, again, the only guys missing from them, injury, suspension, I don't think there's anyone really on form you'd sit there and go, he was screaming out to be picked. Um, if anything, like we saw with Hess, offhand Gowie, other guys that would have been in the mix forward-wise, like you, you can't really throw many two names up. Jared Wallace, Kerr, who got a run last year, like Molo, there's, there's not a whole lot of guys that were banging the door down. People were mentioning Reese Walsh, like, where's he going to play? He's just started playing first grade. Yeah. A couple of guys last year that played games, not playing <clears> club <throat> or have been injured, Corey Allen, Branko, Edric Lee, etc. Corey Thompson, form-wise, might have been considered for a, you know, a type of felt role. But again, felt, I guess, has been on the border for a long time. If Ponga does end up pulling out, if they decide to push Holmes back there or they can go with felt on the wing and AJ stays on the bench or they might go Brimson there, so... I think out of those guys, now that Reed's gone, he's the most likely of anyone to find his way into the team if they do have to reshuffle. But clearly, they've ticked off Harry Grant. They've still got to wait and see what happens. Uh, obviously, the Ponga and Munster. I don't think Melbourne would have released him if he wasn't good to go. So Queensland are playing Dunson Drakes already, but I think he wouldn't have gone into camp if they didn't think he was good to go. Yeah. So they can play silly buggers all they want. But I think basically what we're looking at there, the only change I could see... For, if it's not forced by one of those injuries, is he swaps Hess for offering gear on what's been going on form-wise between the two clubs and performance. So. Plus Green, I guess, has a link to some of those Cowboys guys. But again, have a look at that a bit more in depth once we do uh, origin preview next week, closer to the game. Tackle three. Uh, the growing tension, I guess, between the RLPA and some of the players and Peter Volandis has been a lot Coming out the last day or two, we've seen Kenty just absolutely go mental, yelling at Clint Newton on the radio on Sunday and not letting him get a word in and tell him to stop spinning all the... He was spinning. The gobbledygook. He didn't even give him a chance to talk. No, he I was thought, carrying <clears> on and yelling and... Yeah, I don't think he carried on. No, I, I think he I think carried it was, on. And it was don't, you talk over me. You're talking over me. I'm like, mate, what do you, how do you expect me to get a word in when all you're doing is barking down the phone? frustrating. Between Clint, the two... Clint Newton was talking out his ass. Yeah, well, he didn't really give him too much of a chance to talk, but... Danny Widler had the original story saying that they're trying to overthrow him, which now from other sources, again, no surprise, all the journalists have got different things, but I think 
Andrew Webster more seemed to say that people asked the question about how would something work with the Constitution if something like that was to happen. Um, a lot of mentions around Keary and DC and a couple of the senior players. You've heard a lot of other players apparently happy with the crackdown in general. I, I, I don't really buy into the fact that they're going to try and overthrow him. I think that was a bit of a far-fetch and, uh, you know, grabs a good headline if you throw the story out there. But I definitely do think that people are frustrated with the fact, which has been mentioned before, that it seems to be Verlandi's way or the highway. And he's making changes on a bit of a whim and a lot of the players who are the ones who drive the product, along with fans, who are also as frustrated, I think, majority-wise, as the players, uh, not really being heard. He's just kind of running his own race. So I think they want a bit more consultancy or a bit more of a back and forth. He didn't articulate what he's actually talking about. He just said, we need to be consulted. We need to be consulted. More consultation process. He did. He talked in spin. He didn't actually come out with any definitive reason as to what the players, what the actual reason is and what's actually going on. It's fucking... I, I don't understand why he just couldn't be honest and give the guys on the radio a straight answer. <clears throat> that That's my opinion. I, I thought every time I listen to Newton now, he's become a more politicised and more, you know, um, cliche talk and spin talk than, you know, what he needs to be. He's a represent, representative of the players, okay? So what is the issue that the players have with Peter Volandis? That Peter Volandis has made decisions and hasn't given them enough consultation. Is that what the issue is? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that, that the issue is that things But is getting, it obvious? If it was so obvious, why wasn't he direct getting, and clear well, on the radio the, on the, the weekend? The bigger thing is, he he, wasn't. Kenny's calling him out on sources, but it's hypocritical on the other side when half the time anyone asks who's your source, ah, I can't throw my source. Like, all the Raiders stuff, it's pretty bloody obvious who it is. He's best mates with Stick. Everyone knows where the leaks are coming from. What sources are we talking about? Well, he was saying, oh, the player, who's this coming from? Who's saying that? Which players are getting the coup? Like, carrying on about that. Like, he's not going to throw players under the bus. You're speaking on behalf of the whole body. You're not going to start throwing names. Yeah, but that's, not, well, that's not the, the point I was talking about. I'm but talking I think about we, it's why can't he just be, ob- just be honest about, you know, what the issue is? Just be direct and open. That, that the whole I think the whole issue here is that everyone just talks around what the actual issue is. Just come out and be honest. If it's the fact that the players aren't happy with the current crackdown, okay. But have any of the players gone in and tried to consult with Peter Volandis? And I don't think there's a formal process around how rules are changed. Like, I think there needs to be a complete overhaul of that process. There needs to be a cutoff, like whether it's November 1 or whatever it is. At November 1, no rule can be changed for the rest of that year, of that season, of that playing cycle. And then during the, during the year... You can then have discussions around, you know, rules that need to be changed. But th- there's got to be some consideration for the coaching, the preparation, the physical, like the physical preparation as well. Like even at New South Wales Cup and Ron Massey level, we we got a memo in January saying we well, guys are going to be playing under the six again rule. Yeah, that's we could have been planning for that for the eight weeks prior to them letting us know. Like it's we're far too reactionary as a game and. I tend to agree with some of what Clint Newton said about the concussion and the crackdown. Like, you know, it was no different between January 1 to April 15 to March 2. Concussion was always there. I don't understand why suddenly on that weekend they click their fingers and mm. bang, it's all and of a sudden we're having a crackdown. Email, but that's not the point. Like, the, 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 the rules should be changed at the start of a performance exactly. cycle. So whenever that is, no, but that that's outside of the players, that's outside of Peter Valenti's. 
that's a whole of game approach. It needs to be pegged down. There needs to be something put in place to say that these are the rules from November 1 to October um, 30 or 31st or whatever it is. These are what the rules are. Mm. I think the other disappointing thing And they cannot be here, touched. Similar to yesterday. Someone said similar. You did. I hate the six again. Players I, I talk to Peter Valenti. I'm like, well, I don't think it seems to matter who speaks to Peter Valenti. <laughs> like Gus put some good questions to him last week and straight away it's just basically, I don't care. I don't care what the naysayers have to say. You, you know, you don't care about player welfare, tackle around the legs. I'm like, well, you can't just throw out three answers and shout people down and make it all about you. There's more people in this than just running it like a dictatorship. It has to involve the players. It has to involve the fans because without either of them, you don't have a product. Yeah, but also if the RLPA actually had a backbone and had actually, I guess, established themselves as a force within the game, not just when they pick and choose to be upset about something. Like, you need to be, you need to be there all, all the time. Be at the front line all the time on issues, not just pick and choose when you want to be strong, because realistically they're just a toothless tiger. They're not. They're not doing anything. They're what can they they're do talking to in the in the background. Just... Yeah, but even right now, like they're talking in the background. There's rumours that we're going to try and over over the landies. Like, how the fuck are they going to overthrow the landies? How's that going to happen? Again, I don't. What believe, are they going to do? I don't do? believe that rumour. That, that was more... yeah, but well, that, but that was the article that you're talking about. So what? That was like, the what's start, the but... what, what's? How are they going to do that? How is that even possible? How do they like? I don't even think they understand what they're talking about. Sometimes when they come out with these rumors and these thoughts around how to change it, like the simple way to change it would be, and I agree that there needed to be more consultation with the players on these changes. Um, and and again, I'll go back to that the point I've just made about a process. There should be a formal process put in place yeah. and that it solve all that. But I just think they, they need to be strong all the time. They need to be across every issue. If you want to be strong, be strong all the time, not just when you pick and choose Again, you the need, issues that you want. need to be able to get a seat at the table, mm-hmm. not just that week go, we're doing this, and then the players go, well, we're not happy with it. It's like, well, too bad. Force a seat at the table. And more what you're saying. It needs to be in the off-season, not mid-season. And you shouldn't be able to be that. Again, it went through the commission, obviously, and they passed everything, but it's just drop That's a, what the commission was hat, bang, for. Bang, this is what we're doing. And it's like, okay. So coaches, but players. we contradict ourselves as fans as well because oh, we want the commission; it'll make everything independent. And they'll make the decisions that are best for the game. Now they're making decisions that are best for the game, and the fans were complaining. Yeah, well, supposedly best for the game. So, There's still not a whole lot of rugby league knowledge mm-hmm. on there besides Wayne Pierce. You'd say who's someone who's played the game or higher up or got levels of experience. But again, it has to be working with players. But everyone wanted as well. the commission. Yeah, the commission is the greatest thing for rugby league. So interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, yeah we complain about the commission. So we complain about everything. Every little change that happens. That's that's rugby league. Anyway. Mm. Tackle four, player movement. Usually around this time of the year we see plenty of it. And I know that the, the window's been pushed back this year to is it the end of August, I think, or the start of August now is January. Uh, uh, transfer August window. But we've been finally seeing the move that we're expecting to happen. Did and instantly to the Cowboys, Clifford now. Straight to the Newcastle Knights. Perfect timing for Newcastle in terms of getting a good win on the weekend. Blake Green retiring and now slotting him in. For the Cowboys, I guess they get him a year early. They get to work with him. And as much as I said this year, they look like they're on track for the bottom there with the form they're showing. And they're building a nice combination between their spine. Hopefully this doesn't upset the flow. I guess you don't see them winning a comp this year, so it's not a huge thing. But if you can play finals football, it's always a goal. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it doesn't interrupt too much on that side of things, but a couple of moves have been made there. Uh, just before we came on tonight, Nico Hines was one that I had here and multiple clubs were after him. Done deal. 
Cronulla Sharks snapped him up reportedly three years, about $1.8 million. So big bickies after a couple of really good performances. Definitely jacked up his price tag. And <laughs> Brisbane had a, a choice there, I guess, to go harder for a fullback. Had to think again, do we go internally? Do we pay externally? Cronulla, the first question straight away for anyone is, well, they've just re-signed Will Kennedy. Well, he came through as a junior 5'8", so I think it's no doubt and saw that in the story there. They're going to play him as a half. So he's more than likely going to go back into playing what he did as a junior coming through. It is a strong part of his game at the back at the moment, playing off the back of a really good forward pack instead of halves. I think the difference is playing at one. Yeah, I think the difference of playing one at the Melbourne Storm and the space that's created in the platform to play off the back of and get around and play like a half from the back, which is generally a lot of guys convert from halves to one if you can run, is you can pick and choose your moments. You can ball play, you can jump in. He's going to be on the ball all the time, on an edge. You're going to need that platform. You're going to have to be more decisive. You're not going to have as much free will playing up in the front line. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it's going to come down to Cronulla as a whole as well, being good through their middles, who his halves partner is. That's still something they've got to sort out. Um, we obviously know they've locked up a few guys internally. They had McInnes before this whole debacle started who's coming over next year to play lock. They said straight away about that to clarify that Braley was still going to be the nine. Uh, so a couple of the key re-signings and those one or two coming on board is good, I guess. But this is another one of those tests, and again, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I go for Melbourne, of will he be successful outside of Melbourne? And technically not playing the position that he's got his price tag uh, obviously jacked up watching him play as a one in that system. He's going to be going back to doing what he did five or six years ago before he was moved on by the man this year was playing in the front line. So one of their first real big external signings. We'll see how that plays out. In terms of other guys, Dale Finucane at Melbourne is another one who's on the lips of a lot of clubs. The Cowboys are interested, the Dragons, Bulldogs, Tigers, lots of clubs linked to Finucane. The Storm pretty much in a situation now where I don't think it's a fait accompli, but they're certainly not willing, I think, to come to the party price tag was. You're talking about a guy reaching the age of, say, 30, 31 now. He's given a lot of good service. He's a great clubman, um, but missed a hell of a lot of football the back end of last year. The calf injury was lucky to even play in the grand final. Missed the first six, seven weeks of this season with the same problem, um, and now looking for a hefty payday. Talk was price tag on open market, was looking up for close to $800,000, which I'm not paying for Dale Finucane at this point in time, I'm sorry. Nope. Um, he could do better on the market for less. To stay at Melbourne, I'm sure their offer to be competitive might be somewhere around the 600 mark if they had the space, but given Even that, what they're working with and who they're trying to maintain <clears throat> and some of the deals they've had to roll over, I, I just don't see him being at Melbourne if he's after that sort of money. In terms of the best place for him to go, uh, I think even the Raiders were sort of mentioned today. If they're looking to change up culture and the way they're heading, Bega Jr., not too far away from that sort of area. Bulldogs, if they brought him back, could be someone when you talk about turn that forward pack over, and at least that's something they need to be working on. Tigers for a culture, I guess not a bad move. Dragons. Are his best years ahead of him or behind him? But I don't think, yeah, that's probably my main thing with the last two years, bit of the injury-wise. He has played some rep football, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't. He's definitely not getting that money at Melbourne, maybe elsewhere, but even on the Cowboys side of things. But the young guys, they're rolling through. And already having Jason Tamalolo there, I don't really see what they would have a purpose for him. He's not going to play lock. He'd have to play prop and to pay that sort of money when I don't know if they'll be re-signing a guy like, say, Jordan McLean who's on big money who's now starting to play okay. I just don't see where he fits at one or two of those clubs. Mm. If a Canberra was rolling some players over, needed a bit of a culture change, I could see it. Tigers, again, trying to get someone or the Bulldogs, yes, but Cowboys probably doesn't make as much sense to me. 
And now that the Dragons have got Jack DeBellin uh, back in their side after the two and a half years of going through that court process, I don't, again, I don't see where he fits in that picture either as far as big money. But um, he's another one that'd be interesting to watch. Tigers, couple of moves. Jacob Little has now re-signed for two years and they've confirmed <clears throat> Oliver Gildart, who will be coming over along with Jackson Hastings, both from Wigan for two years. And today, in the last couple of days, they've been linked to Dallin with Tenzo Lesniak, which would be another mid-season move for him. Still got a year to go at the Bulldogs, but apparently with the money and what he's got on the books there, they're looking to potentially move him on. The link is an obvious one. He was originally thought to be going there before he signed with the Bulldogs because of his ties to Magic McGuire. So... Keep our eyes peeled on that one. What would you think of that for the Tigers? What to play where? Play on the wing. Because they're not going to move Dane Laurie. They've got David Nofaluma. They've got Tommy Talao. I don't get it. So unless you're <clears> looking at... yeah. And how seven. much of like are the dogs chipping money in? Well, I think they'd have to for the next 12 months. He's on until 2022, and I think they're looking at it more from that side of things, saying, well, we'll contribute for 12 months, and then he's off our book. Yeah, but like I'd be trying to contribute to someone who's going to actually help the team, right? <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I don't get it. It's a head scratcher. Again, center wing. Dane going awesome. And he's yeah. not a center. He's a winger. Yeah, so you're picking him to play on the wing. So you've got Nofaluma, who's on a, a, got one wing pegged down. Well, Joey Leilua, def, I don't think he'll be there next year, even though they probably have some <clears throat> semblance of what'll happen with Luciano. I think Luciano would probably be smart enough to realize that, you know, his best options to stay there. And I don't think many teams will be chasing after Joey to keep that connection going. Jimmy the Jet, they've got the option what to do with him. Defensively, as a centre, he hasn't been great either. So if you get him on the wing and they're chipping in some freight, Madge has obviously got a link with him, loves him from the New Zealand side of things, made him the captain there. I, I could see him playing on a wing. But it's just one that seemed to have popped up. Down left Penrith because he wanted to play fullback. Yep. And got fullback money to go to the Bulldogs. And Same situation again. He's not, he's not playing well at fullback. I think he's, don't, I, I don't think you can say he's not playing well. He's he's not. A, I don't think he's a world class fullback. He definitely has a crack. He did you see what he hard. did it just before I saw the, the weekend? I saw the That's pass. not playing well. That's not. It's one moment football. overall though. He's eighty minutes compared to some others. I'm not saying he's te- he's not terrible, but he's not. I'm not saying he's, he's terrible. He's not a guy you look at and go, not. "He's my long term fullback," and I'm paying. Who else is going to pay him fullback money? He's not the Bulldogs. Mm. No, Who? He's right there, you go. That answers your question. So from their situation, a couple of guys coming in and that one potentially there. The Broncos, a couple of moves this week as well. As we said, Dearden out the door. Brinko Lee confirmed 22-23 and internally David Mead got a one-year extension. TC Rabati, who debuted the other night, the young fella, had a pretty red-hot crack. Signed up through 2024 and Selwyn Cobber, young fullback winger, who there was some talk about him potentially leaving, but now they've lost Walsh. I think he's someone they're looking at long-term and Coates, obviously, as a wing fullback. He signed up for another two years. Eels confirmed Madison for one more year. I think that situation is for a good reason. There's been some talk prior to the year that him and his brother wanted to play together. His brother's just signed on to the top squad for the Bulldogs. I don't know if that was for a year or more. But down the track, that could still potentially happen. Plus his injuries and concussion situation. I don't think there was a huge bargaining power there for Madison. Moses, Mitchell Moses, 2024, now locked in with the Eels as well. Do you think that is the right move for Paramount? Yeah, I think it is. And uh, Cronulla, as we said, just got Nico Kennedy until 2023. Rudolph till 2024. Oh, I better to finish off. Cowboys, Jarvid Bowen, one-year extension. Peter Hicku confirmed coming out for the Warriors. Two-year contract there. So you'd expect uh, Justin O'Neill and a couple of those guys to be moved on. And some of the young guys they've brought in their back line doing a good job. And Manly were the last few. 
in between our last show, Schuster signed on to 2024. He's been absolutely outstanding. Tolfo was simply two-year extension on top of that as well. So a uh, bit of movement there. It's taken a bit of the year, but we always generally seem to see mid-year guys re-signing, signing elsewhere, and also a couple of mid-year transfers. Potentially more to come. And uh, I guess with that half cycle that we've seen a couple of guys move and now Nico Hines taking one of those spots that we're wondering about, still a couple of guys on the market and some clubs that have some spots to fill. Johnson, we still don't know what's going to happen there. Moylan, so the Sharks, even though they've signed a couple, got a couple of guys in their book. Ash Taylor, Anthony Milford. So still some dominoes to fall. But yeah, you've got someone like Canberra, who we obviously don't know what they're plan is Brisbane we've got Reynolds going there who's going to be the sixth to partner him do they go with Gamble with Reynolds do they go with somebody else does Milford re-sign on a really really cheap contract and see if they can try and manage him in with a dominant number seven his price tag obviously when the Titans are interested was laughed out of the building Ash Taylor and where he ends up so uh, I guess we just wait and see what happens for the rest of those tackle five the perfect Panthers can it continue during this origin period this week <clears throat> seven missing potentially along with Origin 18th man it's been confirmed that the 18th man will not be going back to play club football because they're there similar rules to NRL so if it is RP Coruscant it's obviously not going to be released to play this weekend I assume by Brad Fittler um, so Penrith are going to be down six players for New South Wales one for Queensland and Moses Laoda is suspended looking at the one to seven that they named. Edwards is back, very strong, pushes Crichton into the back line, Jennings on a wing, and May and Burton, not many people have as good a cover to back up in the half situation, but a couple of debutantes on the bench, two guys that were upgraded top squad this year, Lindsay Smith, Isaac Tago, Jermaine Hopgood, only just played the other week. Uh, they're a bit light on in that regard, so if there was <clears> going to be a time they were challenged, it would certainly be this <clears> week. Could the Tigers beat them, do you think? Tigers could beat them. Do I think they will? No. Well, like I said, one to seven, <clears throat> still outstanding. And then in the forward stakes, Lane was pushed up into the front row with James Fisher-Harris. Mitch Kenny's done a more than serviceable job the times he's played. Still got kick out in the back row. Sorensen is the other edge. Eisenhuth starting at lock. Jamin Salmon over from Parramatta on the bench with Hopgood, Lindsay smith Tago. So they're a bit light, I guess, in middles on the bench. <clears throat> Jermaine, Lindsay, definitely both. Probably the two that'll play in the middle. Tago's played centre and back row. Mostly, so in terms of what they do there, I guess Sorensen will probably play a full game. Eisenhuth definitely won't, but between Fish and Spencer, I think Spencer won't play a lot of minutes. Fish is going to have to play big minutes this week. And for the Tigers, uh, they're basically unaffected. So if someone's going to beat them, this is the week to do it. Offhand Gowie's obviously yeah, out. You're never going to get a better chance. And you're not, realistically, you're not beating them. No. You're beating them weakened. But <clears throat> yeah, perfection. Can it continue? They right. managed to knock off their reserve grade on the weekend. So I think <clears throat> some of those players are probably looking for the buy. So it's it's a good week to get the, the Panthers. Mm. They've been a long run in both grades. And now you're going to call up some of those New South Wales Cup boys. They, they had a really, really <coughs> close late win over South the week before in Dubbo in reserve grade. And then we got them on the weekend and they were... <clears throat> um, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, so I think that'll be... This is sort of the last hurrah, isn't it? To try and keep this streak going, but... Mm. And this is the effect of Origin, unfortunately. But it's also, well. you know, uh, you know, is Ivan going to back players up post-Origin? How's that all going to work? I, I think the fact you've won 12 in a row and you've basically <clears throat> already got enough games to guarantee your finals, I don't see why you would. No, you, and th- that's the thing. Is the focus to get position yourself... Or is the focus to win the comp? The focus yeah. has got to be to win the comp. Position yourself to win the competition, get your players healthy, but go in there with some semblance of form. So <clears> they may do what Melbourne did a couple of years ago and they had their ripper start to the season. They ended up losing five or six in a row. I don't think it's going to be that bad. But they were absolutely gutted. They had 10 or 11 in both two teams. And then they got themselves sore at the back end of the year. They already had the runs on the board to have themselves locked into a top four spot. And, you know, that, that makes makes the whole situation. So uh, the bookies certainly seem to think they're a really good chance even with all those players out against the Tigers. They're only missing off a hand. Gowie Bluebet still has the Panthers at $1.50, $2.55 for the Tigers. And everywhere I saw listed today, I thought... It might at least be a picker or a little bit the other way with the players that are out, but plenty still very confident in the Penrith Panthers keeping that streak alive. And tackle six to finish us off for tonight. A bit of a mid-season review. Not going to go crazy in depth, but just a quick talk about some of the teams and I guess the Bulldog situation. Mid-season, only one win, 11 losses. Uh, not ideal. Some thought maybe a little bit of forward progression. You've brought in an attacking coach. Need to see what he'd done at the Panthers, and I wasn't harsh last year, but I thought, you know, not really any credit was going to Ivan or anyone else in the coaching staff. It was all going to Trent Barrett. You go to a place there where you don't have the cattle, it's not always about coaching. Sometimes you, you need the players on the other side of the board as well. They've had some guys suspended. They've had lots of injuries. They've got 15 guys off contract, and let's be honest, there's plenty of guys that aren't probably up to first-grade standards. So. They don't have a cattle. It is a, a shitload of injuries. Mm, so. it, it is definitely a bit of a write-off year, unfortunately, <clears throat> for Bulldogs fans out there. You know you've got troops coming again next year, but still the two spots we've talked about week in, week out. A lot in the back end, some in the halves, but you need to see some forwards. Forwards in a nine. So it's all well and good to have strike at the back end of the field, but if you've got nothing to lay that platform, uh, it's a bit pointless. The Brisbane Broncos, similar spot to where they were last year at this point. Three wins, nine losses, had some absolute terrible performances, pulled a couple out there where they've got the job done. The biggest win of the season, probably the one against the Roosters a couple of weeks ago, yeah. where we saw him finally deliver in regards to that forward pack, which we've been talking about for a couple of years now, but then they had the performance the week before where they get towed by Manly, come up against Melbourne this week off the back of a good win, get belted by basically half of Melbourne's football side. So up and down, uh, six halves combinations, I guess, similar deal, making progress towards next year. You've seen Rabadi, got Gamble, sign up for another year, got Reynolds on the way. They've lost one or two guys that are moving on, Xavier Coates, etc. They'll probably move on Glenn, I think, and a few others that are older. But I guess the thing for them is exactly that, just to keep moving forward, keep building, try and finish off in a positive manner. Um, but all in all, I, I don't see him as a final threat, even though the way mathematically this table no. 
is uh, at the moment there's still mathematically a chance, but still a lot of the same issues that we saw last year. There's been slight improvements, but I don't think anything too drastic at this point in time. Uh, Canberra Raiders wouldn't have thought I'd be speaking about them in regards to where they are. Uh, they're still only one win out of the eight mathematically again, but this has been a train wreck. This is a team that I tipped to be in the grand final, I thought, compared to last year. The injuries, the key players they have to get to the point they did with that Hodgson, the development of Williams, White, and a lot of the young forwards, they blooded in top of what they brought in this year in a veteran of, say, Ryan James, getting Goula back, etc. These kind of guys had real high hopes, and they've just nosedived. Um, there's obviously more that meets the eye as they've denied, 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 but there's clearly some guys offside there. There's been some drama. There's been leaks. They've got plenty of injuries as well. Charles Nickel Clodstad has been a huge loss um, and a team that used to start so well from the back end of the field and then roll on into their forward pack. They've struggled in that area and that defensive resiliency <clears throat> we saw build up over the last two years has just disappeared. And Yeah, I had them in my top four. They've been terrible. And it's just snowballing. And I think they're the team that, you know, we always talk about there's one team that just, yeah. you just don't keep tipping thinking they're going to turn it around. And I'm losing faith. Well, again, the only upside for them this year is that that log jam is so bad that they are still only one win out of the eight. They are down in four teams, but the Dragons are only one win ahead, sitting in eighth position. So mm. can they turn it around? I don't know. There was mention of their draw in the upcoming weeks not being so bad as far as origin contributions. Jack's obviously moved out. Papali's still suspended yeah. for a little bit. Hodgson, Starling, a couple of the guys they've got there. They've still got some injuries to, to Pines, etc. of the world, but... Uh, if they can't get a couple of wins during this period where they're minimally affected and they get Papali back, hopefully. When you're talking about draws, that's when you Yeah, that's trouble. when you know you're in trouble when you start to look at that side of things. But, yeah, Canberra, uh, this is a weird year. It certainly is. So, I think this is, of all years to have this much drama off the field and have a chance to make the eight, I still think they do. But at this point in time, with the constant leaks and things week to week and... I know people are still talking about the Williams situation. I can see both sides of what's happened this week. I don't want to go into depth in it because it's been talked to death about, but there just doesn't seem to be anything good coming out of Canberra every week that we roll around and go to talk about them. And we sit there and wait for something or wait for a result, and week to week to week, there just seems to be more and more stuff coming out of the club. So, yeah, yeah unfortunate. West Tigers, four wins, sitting down there at 13th, similar deal. Every time they seem to get a good result or jag a win and you're waiting for them to go back-to-back, it doesn't happen. Uh, they've got two of their wins against the Dragons. They obviously had that win against Newcastle as well. Uh, they've had some shockers where they've been towered up. Similar deal. A couple of changes. Spine-wise, the only real consistent thing, and I guess the highlight of the season if you're a Tigers fan, is Dane Laurie. You get him from Penrith a year <laughs> early. They've got him on absolute chips, and I think he's been their best player. Yeah, he has been. They're, but they're, yeah, they're four and eight. They lose to Penrith this week. I think that's season done. Mm. That'll put them at four and nine. 12 losses probably sees you out of it. Maybe you get 13 losses this year. Well, I guess similar Just a little deal bit again. Weaker, they're they're but, technically only one win out of the eight, though. So I think I think it's hard to write a lot of teams off because they've all just oh, been... I'd happily write them off if they can't beat Penrith. But, yeah, Brooks been a little bit better the last few weeks now that in buys there, I don't know. Because if, someone's going to go on a run. You can talk about how close they all are. One of these teams that we're talking about now is going to go on a run. Mm. Well, they're going to get group, themselves though. back to eight, um, 12 and 12. That middle group, I've just been waiting for someone to go on a run. The only <clears> one <throat> well, they will. who has popped up and pulled themselves completely out of the, the doldrums is Manly, and then they got rolled on the weekend, which I wasn't expecting, that's for sure. But uh, Tigers, <clears throat> a 
Again, there was plenty of talk about them a few weeks ago and their situation. Don't know if that noise has completely gone away and recruitment, retention, a couple of guys have got off contract, what they've got coming in next year. A couple of guys coming in from England. Uh, They're spinning their wheels. We'll see how that one plays out for them. But yeah, it's like you said, probably a big game this weekend coming up against the Penrith side that couldn't be in any more vulnerable state. Weekend Penrith side at come on. Cronulla, similar deal. Talking about them being written off is still only one out of the eight as well. Really good win on the weekend. A couple of guys came back. Mulitalo come back into the side. Johnson played one of his better games for the first time. Kennedy, Rudolph, some positive signs there, I guess, in terms of re-signings and guys getting back on the field. They did have those few injuries last week, which did stuff things up, I guess. But uh, they're one I kind of looked at at the start of the year, and I always have similar thoughts that they'll be around the eight. Somewhere in the mix, I thought they completely harpooned their season with the Morris situation. But they finally showed some fight against Souths. They definitely showed some fight uh, to get that ugly win, I guess, last weekend when it looked like they were trying to throw it away and then they exploded on the weekend against the Titans. Can they carry on that form? Uh, I guess we'll find out. They've been minimally impacted by the origin side of things. Mm. In uh, previous years, they might have had a couple of guys in that mix, but not so much this year. Yeah. So They've been... Now that they've got a signing on board, they've got a couple internal re-signings. Can they build some momentum here and drag themselves into that sort of mix? I don't know, but again, as far as who's a genuine threat, I don't think they're a real genuine threat, that's for sure. Newcastle, five and seven. It's been horrendous for them. Injuries. They're a top eight side if they've got everyone on the field. Mm. You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think they are. And a particular spine again. The only consistent part of the spine has been Braley. The year before it was Pierce. Pong has missed a lot of football, and I saw someone comment in our section uh, for questions that if you're a Newcastle fan, you'd be filthy, that you can't get Pong on the field now. He's going straight into origin camp. So, again, you'd be 100%. fingers crossed that he doesn't get injured because he's missed a lot of football for Newcastle. You've been waiting for Pierce. He tore the peck early. They've had a bunch of guys go through six. Green now retired. Clifford coming down can hopefully add some stability when Pierce hopefully gets back on board as well and they can get some momentum for the back end of the season. But then... Outside back injuries, best they pay big money to, can't stay on the field. Uh, they tried man at fullback the other week. They've had Hoy in. We've seen different outside back combinations, different wingers. Edric coming in and out. So Sagi got a debut. Heimler Hunt's been in and out. It's just been all over the park this year. The only consistent few players have been Clemmer, the Safidis, etc. Barnett and the forward pack, but constant change around the spine. Outside backs, that affects your edge defense. It affects a bit of confidence there. Uh if they can get healthy, again, this season has offered an opportunity despite the amount of losses they've had for them to secure themselves a top eight spot still. But whether they can do it, yeah, I don't so. know. And Frizzell would have gone into <clears throat> origin with Safidi. Now it looks like he's injured. It hasn't been clarified yet, but three to six weeks, possibly surgery if worse, which would be another huge blow hmm. if that is the case because they certainly can't take a trick in that department. Titans at 10th towed up on the weekend. They've had a couple of big losses. They've had a couple of okay wins, I guess. The only downside is all the wins have come against teams that are under or around them. And anytime they've played somebody who is similar pegging or a step up, they've been destroyed. And again, on the weekend, the real worrying side Five is... 5 and 7 flutters the Titans. They're 100% defensively, they've been horrendous. When we watched them play Manly, it was ordinary. Watching them on the weekend was ordinary. And any time, again, that we've seen them come up against someone who's a, a step above or considered the, the step that they're trying to get to, they've been pulled apart. I think the scarier part during this period is that's still happening with Brimson, Tino, and Fafita on the field. I don't know what their draw looks like during this period, but 
missing those three guys coming up against Melbourne this week who have already been missing their origin players regardless and still winning, I don't have a lot of faith that it's going to be a good couple of weeks for the Gold Coast Titans during this period. Mm. But, again, a couple of key signings, I guess, having Tino and Fafita on board this year, getting Brimson to stay on. Got some decisions to make long-term, though, in terms of their spine still. Um, Taylor, you'd think we'd be moving on. Do they go forward with Tanner and Fogarty? Does Sexton push his way into the picture? Are they going to stick with Rain and Clark? They tried to get Daryl Clark out of England to come over and play nine. Everyone's inquired about Cheese, in particular the Dogs and the Titans. That's been confirmed again today that he will not be going anywhere next year for Melbourne. So anyone that wants Brandon Smith cannot have him until 2023. I don't know what the answer would be otherwise. Hook or what? Is there anyone you can think of they could go out and address the hooking situation right now. It's quite a light spot, I guess. No. Could they make a play for Hodgson? Was that someone you'd be interested in if the Raiders were willing to let him go? He was linked to Brisbane. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Titans are sitting 10th. They've got the 12th worst defensive record, 13th worst defensive record. So where they sit on the ladder flatters them. <clears throat> They've been terrible. Mm. Uh, the Warriors situation again, coming over here. Not been able to go home, no home games. Been in the bubble, had some injuries early to key signings and players. We've seen the emergence of Walsh. Still had lots of ins and outs week to week. Um, I think the biggest thing for them is just their start. Some of the games you're watching again on the weekend, giving up a big start or a poor start against the Tigers. They've found their way back in to win a couple of these games, but if they clean that up, I think they'd have two or three more wins. But the result on the weekend, to be down how they were, get back in it, then lose it. Well, they've lost, I think, twice by field goal, Manly and then the weekend Cowboys. So you give them those two wins and Mm. all of a sudden they're seven and five. I think Fanua Blake is close, who was massive for the first few weeks. Not enough, he was sitting in six. Mm. So, so I, I think they're still... The Warriors have been good. Like, you look at Warriors-Titans, you know, like the same points. Bloody hell, mm. one side's playing... They've been in every game, the other, yeah. except the Melbourne game. But that night, they had injuries, and they went down there, <clears> and it's never really a good place to be going on Anzac Day, that's for sure. Uh, other than that, I think, given, again, the circumstances, compared to everyone else, it, it's not easy. I think they've done well. They've done well. But, you know, build continuously with Walsh. He's suspended now, but getting him more involved. I think the halves have developed a little bit. Still, sometimes I look at the nine situation and think it could be better. But Fanua Blake back on the park. A can get more runs under his belt. Uh, Katoa has been in and out after having a great year last year. Had some Barry Crockers on the weekend, but has been injured. If they can just stay on the field and get some consistency, definitely think they're a contender for the bottom half of the eight. Dragons at five and seven. They reeled off that little streak there. Um, it's kind of fallen away now, and they've been absolutely smashed as well. Injuries, suspensions. Um, I, I kind of guess they're still in that sort of mix. The situation during the week, which I guess we can talk about now with Jack DeBellin after two and a half years. Uh, they're not going to be retrial in that case. People have got mixed feelings about it. I'm not here to get involved in, you know, guilty, not guilty. I'm not present. I'm not privy. It's all the information, but the process has played out. He's now free to play rugby league again. The game is very, very different, though, to the game that he left two and a half years ago Mm. um, in that time. Can he make the same sort of impact after not playing for that long? Not immediately. Kind of help the back end of the season. He's going to need some time to get himself back into Mm. shape and game shape Mm. and just get the feel back for when the bullets are flying. But his quality, he was playing Origin before he... Yeah, obviously was stood down, but <clears throat> they've got. It's little... a big in for the dragons. I think it's a reward for the dragons. Like again, I uh, he yeah he's been proven well not not guilty, nah, but he's, he's not hasn't been proven guilty either. So it's nah. sort of 
again, like the whole the whole thing was you're on um, no fault stand down yep. until the judicial process is over. It's now over. It's over. He's allowed to play. So um, I, I feel I feel pretty sorry for him if he is legitimately not guilty, and then he's had to spend that time out. <clears throat> for two and a half years. Um, again. But again, we don't... Well, who don't this talk with people that are upset or... We don't know. On the other side, I, I'd we never I'd be mortified if that was my daughter. Oh, 100%. And I'd also be um, really upset if that was... He was my son, you know? Mm. So it's it's a, just a shit situation. Situation, yeah. But Terrible, it's, it's but um, it's good to twice. see him come back and play. Mm. It's good to see that this process has been worked through. It's good to see the NRL stick to their guns on it. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see that Jack DeBellon has had the discipline to apply himself and train and keep himself in good enough condition that yeah, well, when he's, he's been ticked to play, he's come back immediately. He's certainly been training. I know that. Um, and even <clears throat> when they decided that to you get You can him, train, but you can, yeah, you you can't, you can't train to be in NRL level. Like it's... Hmm. The Nicky's in is phenomenal. I guess the one upside for them is the style of player he was before these rules probably suits better now the way the game's gone. As far as people saying about tackling technique, he's one of these guys that hits very, very well, has that good dip, good cutting technique, gets the ball or gets into the stomach area, and he's a ball player. So mm. with playing the spaces, having that link guy, they have not had anyone like him since he left. He was amazing at that point in time for him. His skill set, once he hopefully gets back to that level or close to, if he does, yeah. will really suit the way things are going right now. They've mm-hmm. told Dufty... Which some people are 50-50 that he's not the direction they're heading. Clearly, they're happy with Cody Rams here. They've extended for a few years, and then they've got Tyrell Sloan pushed up from SG Ball. They think they've got options there. You've seen Amone, the Fagaias, Jaden Sullivan we know about. Corey Norman's future still up in the air. I dare say he'll be moved on, but for the results and the way things have turned and not going so great now, I think the one upside is they are pushing some good kids through. Um <clears throat> Yeah. Where that lands them, I don't know. Do they play finals? They're still, I guess, in the mix. Origin effect, Hunt Van left in probably is a good thing for them this year, given their current situation with injuries and reports. Tarek getting caught up was probably a surprise, but again, uh, with the injuries and the way things are going, yeah, that's just how the cookie crumbles, I guess, at this point in time. Uh, the Cowboys, massive turnaround. You want to talk about turnarounds? The way they started, it was looking like an absolute nightmare, and we didn't know if things were going to get any better, but... Since then, uh, the penny's dropped, and a lot of guys that he's challenged and caught out are playing good football, and as we said, they've blooded a lot of kids. They've rolled some guys through from their academy, and they're seeing the fruits of their labor. You got Yeah, good turn. Yeah, good turn for the Cowboys, but let's see if it, uh, they can maintain it and mm. get themselves into final footy. And I guess, again, like we said, he got some confidence back into Clifford. Who's, that wasn't his decision. That was made before he got there. I think if he was there now and he hadn't signed that contract that he wouldn't want Clifford to get. Mm. He probably would have kept going forward with the players he has. But Dearden's got there early. We'll see if he can fit in with the spine and the way that Robson, Drinkwater and Holmes in particular has been outstanding has developed. You've seen Talungi, Lukey, Condon, Gilbert, all these guys pushing in. McLean's playing some okay football final. It's taken a long time. Hess has moved to the middle. has paid mm. off. Um, yeah, there's some good signs there. I think they're well in the mix to be playing at the back end uh, of the season. The, the bottom end of the eight. Manly, similar deal. Defensively, historically poor to start the year off. And everyone's put it all down just to Tom Travojevic. Again, I'm going to give him plenty of credit for his effect on the team. But, you know, it takes a forward pack. It takes defensive decisions. I think the Morgan Harper move tightened up one edge of the field as well. I think Schuster, 
being injected into the lineup, and, and even now watching him play as a six, which would surprise a lot of people looking at the size of him. He's come through playing that position, so it was no shock to me with the way he played against Parramatta the other week and the silkiness to his game and the skills, the way he uses his eyes, gets square, and physically, he's not one of these guys that's afraid to get in the line because he is a big boy. So I think they've got themselves in a good situation. They get Siren and back. Lawton coming over has proved in the one or two games that he'll add a bit of spark. Um, I guess they've got a couple other guys that will come back from injury as well. I still look at them, though. The the weekend's result, I know Des was happy with the ref, and a lot of people weren't. And I look at the Penrith game, they were okay in that game, but I still don't look at Manly, in all honesty, and go Panthers, Storm, South, or Roost, like, etc. If they get in, say, the bottom half and have to win three to make to the grand final, someone throwing that one out there, I think that's way too far-fetched. Yeah. I think Manly, again, definitely top five or six mm-hmm. team, best form and everything firing, but I don't look at them as a premiership threat at all. I really don't. But huge turnaround for them. Full credit. Tom's been next-worldly, but again, I want to see that against Penrith, Storm, etc. He was good against Parramatta the other week, carved up that edge, but at the end of the day, it's going through those couple of guys. Beating up on the Tigers, this, that, and the other, and, and racking up some huge stats is all well and good, but if they're going to be a, a genuine contender, those sort of performances are going to have to go up against those few teams. Um, yeah. Don't know if we're going to be able to see that. That's for sure. No. Um, as far as the foreign situation, I don't know. Is that any year they signed him for or two? I'm not sure. Like, he pretty much was, you know, just sort of there. I can't really say he had any outstanding games while he was playing, but I thought Schuster going in there the other week just opened things up even further again. And with Siren and coming back from injuries, been in good form the last few years, that may be the best way forward. Yeah, potentially. Kieran's yeah. not a guy I'd like to write off, but physically he's had a thousand injuries. And again, injured at the moment if I, if I honestly do think that, that that combination and Siren coming back in at best form Tom at the back um, mixing up probably getting Lawton actually playing his real position coming off the bench as a spark to nine to take some of the heat off Croker could put them in real good stead and Harper obviously has been a fine on the right hand side there defensively and an attack unlocking Saab along with Tom so yeah, some positive signs Roosters well, I don't know if I could give any more superlatives with the retirements and the injuries that they've had um, they've played above and beyond what I would have expected given the situation they've been dealt. If they they got every reason to be have a reverse record, mm. have a four and eight record, and they're the still the amount of injuries they've had, yeah, it's been unbelievable. And even again on the weekend, <clears> did the right thing by that young player. Walk has been great, uh, but he's eighteen. He's a bag of bones at this point in time. He was beaten up. They rested him and they just roll on. They were down ten early, and they come back and just absolutely blitz the Canberra Raiders. Rhea Hargraves plays 80 minutes. Tokiaho is starting to look a little bit better. Tupanua certainly filled in excellently on that other side of the field where Corner uh, used to find himself. Tedesco, I don't care if it's been a losing game, a winning game. If you just watch a game, watch him closely, he's just in everything. I know it hasn't probably been the highlight reel stuff as much this year because they haven't had the troops on the field and dominated as many games, but you can't tell me he hasn't played as good or if not tried as hard as he's ever tried. Um, Crichton's been great when he's been on the field. Manu's had some moments, and again, they've rolled through lots of young guys, lots of fringe guys. You've seen a few games of Sawali now. We've seen Walker. Liam's got a couple of games. Egan Butcher got a debut on the weekend. Fletcher Baker's got a debut. Uh, I guess the one upside again from this situation, like a lot of teams, when you get in this spot is you push guys in and they get development early. Correct. And then on top of that, they've had to make these few decisions (laughs) in regards to Retirement, moving guys on. Kiri coming back next year is a scary thought in my head that him and the way Walker's played on his own with Tedesco, 
to get Kiri back in, if that mixes well together and Verrills is healthy, or if they end up going to market for a nine, I do not know. There's some real positives moving forward for the Roosters, and we've already spoke about it before. Uh, you know, you got a guy like Sawali, you got Tupanua, who's young. You've got twin brothers who we know about, the tour for Graham brothers who have come up from SG ball, playing flag now. I think one of them's already played some cup football. They've always got guys identified and moving to their pathways. So uh, there's always going to be good signs, I guess, on the Roosters side of things. But to be playing how they are, given the situation they've been dealt this year, they've been outstanding up until this point right now. Mm. Rabbitohs, uh, even for that winning streak, Wayne Bennett wasn't happy and probably rightfully so. In all honesty, they probably haven't played the best football, but it speaks to the difference between the top end and the bottom end. Um, Latrell was red hot before that suspension. Cody Walker as well, but then was displaced from his position, played fullback, did an admirable job, but it's not his natural position. Cook has been the one, I guess, out of everyone who we've looked at, and he's he's been really disappointing. And he gets a shot to hold on to his origin jumper here and, and spark up, but he's the one name that hit everyone's lips straight away with all these rule changes that he would be the one to benefit the most, and it seems to have been quite the opposite. He hasn't quite fit in with his game yet. A lot of people put it down to forward pack, and it's all in their forward pack, but I, I don't think you can just put it all on them. They've still gone 9-3. and three. If they were struggling so badly in the forward pack, they wouldn't be winning games in the first place. Mm. Um, they've had Reynolds, who's obviously moving on now in that situation. We'll see how that plays out for them. They've got some other contracts up at the moment. Sewer, Gagai, who was in red-hot form. Campbell Graham, who they re-signed, has been in and out with injury. A couple other guys have been in and out. Cam Murray being injured, so they've, they've had to deal with it a, a little bit more recently, but I guess, again, given the fact that we're thinking that they're not playing their best football just yet, and they're still nine and three ahead of this origin period. Is a good sign. Yeah, they've they've oh. got the worst defensive record by an absolute country mile out of that top five. Yeah, because they've been that's touted twice issue. by. Yeah, I get that. That's their issue, though. Mm. And uh, the, the, there's no doubt they've got the attack. They've got the players. They need to have the defensive resolve. And defense, we've said it a million times, is attitude. That's a decision they need to make whether they want to go the extra mile and get down and dirty at the back end of the season with your Penrith, your Melbournes, etc. if they want to win a competition. And obviously Uncle Wayne's last ride there at South before Demetrio takes over. Um, and they sort of did a similar thing last year. Rolled through, had some good results, had some messy results, but they caught fire at the right time and fell just short in that semi-final. We'll see if he can time that run again. Parramatta, a lot of people out this week banging the drums that uh, after that loss on the weekend and the result against the Dragons a couple of weeks ago that they're still the same side they were a couple of years ago and they're going to get in the finals and go bang, bang, out the back door. I guess the question is, again, we won't know until the back end of the season, but right now if I said to you, Parramatta, in the grand final or a chance to win the premiership, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, less confident enough for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Again, I just want to see it. Come final song, just, uh, you're really just waiting for final song. Yeah. That's it. They're going to be there, and they're going to have to prove themselves in, in big games, win some big games. Because when they get punched in the face and they get uncomfortable, they fold up like a deck chair. Yeah. And again, I know a lot of people held on to the result early against the Storm <laughs> Wet Weather around two or three, but those players missing from that game, and it's not finals football. And it's not the perfect situation. It's not a bent west, and it's not down players. So I guess the other thing as well here, Marnie's developed outstandingly well. Moses still got questions in a big game. Can he deliver? Uh, they've had some good players come in. Obviously, Papali's been a great find. 
close to the best backer on the competition, if not right up there with his form this season. Forward pack's been good. Madison in and out, but obviously hopefully get him back on board. I'm still of the opinion that Murata would play centre for me. Defensively, I just thought they looked so much better across the park, more confident, and they're not leaking two or three tries, counteracts the attack they think they're going to get out of Wonga Blood. Mm. Um, and obviously the last couple of weeks they've been pulled apart on that edge. Blake Ferguson dropped this week after the, the reports were that he was in contention for Origin, so that's crazy. I didn't really ever have him in my calculations to play Origin, but mm. according to some this week, he was right in the mix. He's been punted this week. So uh, Brown as well. Dylan Brown, been a quieter year so far. Thought there were some good signs the last couple of years, but suspended now, coming back into the mix. All those guys, like we said at the start of the year, I think the forward pack can do the job. I think they've got the strike weapons there, but can the spine pull it together? Can Gutherson, Moses, Brown, Reed, Marnie be a premiership winning spine? That's the real question. That's right. They're going to have to prove it in big games. Storm, players in and out, left, right, and center. Last few weeks, they've been out without their whole spine. They're 10-2, two, two losses by two points to the two sides sitting first and third. Again, I don't really know what else you can say. It doesn't matter who's come in. I think the best thing looking at Melbourne here is they've proven to themselves that if they're missing a half, a hooker, a fullback, etc., they've got depth in those positions to not only be competitive but to win games. Mm. So looking at their squad, who they've rolled through, they've got to blood some kids again. Remus has been a fine on the right. George has come down there and done a great job. They've rolled Lorio in for a few games. Tommy Eisenhuth has become a mainstay and able to cover multiple positions. And at full strength, head-to-head against who I think are the two best teams, if they played Penrith again... This year, I think Penrith starting 13-wise, as good as Melbourne on paper, but I think best teams bench-wise, Melbourne will blow them out of the water. If they're healthy and it gets to that situation again, Tui Kamika Mika, Nelson Asafa Solomona, and Brandon Smith, you've got three guys that can play in the middle, one that can cover hooker and just have a great impact there. Um, and then your last guy, you can have a guy like Tommy Eisenhuth or Nico Hines, who covers multiple positions. Whereas on the Penrith side of things now, Eisenhuth's done a solid job. Laney plays limited minutes. They've got a couple of guys there that come on and certainly do their role, but compared to the starting 13, what they get out of it, I think Melbourne have a real advantage if they're healthy at the back end of the year with the bench. Yeah, they do. Um, and again, getting through these games, winning, Pappenhaus and Mission Time, Grant Mission Time, etc. It's all about health for me and them at the back end of the year. Getting through this period, they've certainly got the cattle to challenge again for the title. Yeah. Uh, and the Panthers, perfection. It's literally the only word I need to say for mid-year so far. Yeah, they've used the least amount of players, I think, in the competition. So. Mm-hmm. Arpy missed mm-hmm. a little bit of time. Edwards has missed a little bit of time. But other than that, we haven't had a week where we've sat here and gone. They're missing Best defensive record. They've conceded less than 100 points. I think they're on track for Manly's record from many years ago. From what 88 points against. So, absolutely incredible. Them and Melbourne, miles ahead in that. They're 50, 60 points better than Melbourne. Defensively, They're 60 points better than Mel- at the moment. Yeah. But again, I guess you take into account the games where Melbourne's been missing some troops. But Melbourne, number one in attack by at least 20 points and have been epic in that side of things this year. So uh, they're the two to catch right now. Mm-hmm. And again, the development from all those young guys at Penrith. We'll see if the origin period this year and having such a heavy toll puts a damper on it. Because we mentioned it last year. Bubble situation, not having to travel out of Sydney, hidden away from all the hype with all these younger guys. They've certainly bucked that trend this year, being back in the loop. But... <laughs> they have definitely not experienced this origin situation. No. So unlike a team like a Melbourne or Roosters or these kind of clubs who are generally used to this side of things, this is going to be the biggest challenge for Penrith. How they navigate it, do they back guys up? Do they rest guys? I think they've already done the hard work. I, I'd err on the side of getting more games into those 
fringe players to better prepare yourself for the back end of the season to make that run. You agree with me there? Yep. And there you go. That wraps up a, a massive set of six, I guess. And uh, I looked at it, and I'm sure you'll be happy about this. I don't think we should review the games from the weekend. Oh, thanks, God. We've had uh, a That's... bit here with Origin, a couple of those big talking points, player movement, etc. The mid-season review kind of sums it up. I don't really think there was any real huge games on the weekend. Um, you could say that Souths and the Bunnies, oh, sorry, Souths and the Eels, was a clash of two big sides, but Souths uh, finally found some form, pulled them apart, shredded that edge, that left-hand side, Latrell, Cody, etc. Johnson getting hat-trick. By the time people listen to this, it's Wednesday. Yeah. They don't want to hear about what happened last but Thursday. Out of all those other games, you know. Uh, the answer's a pineapple. You got Dragons, Tigers, Panthers, even though they weren't at their best, still won by 30. Some have brought up, do you think the Bulldogs have found a blueprint there, kick it in the touch, try and make it ugly, isolate, oh. tie, etc.? I, I give full credit to the Bulldogs' performance on the weekend, but I, that definitely wasn't the best version of Penrith. Brisbane got towed up by Melbourne after showing a little bit of get. Like, I didn't take a whole West lot. West Tigers smash Saints. Yeah, didn't take a lot out of a lot of those games. I guess Des Des's comments after the that's probably the one thing I was going to say. Interesting. Der, uh, Des has he been fined yet? I'm telling you, they were that. ably assisted. He uh, he wasn't happy. Oh. Nine penalties. They didn't get one, I don't think, until the back end. He was ha- unhappy in with the it. final 15 seconds of the game. The Voldemorts, as you used to call them. Uh, I'm very unhappy with the consistency of the penalties and the sin bins. He brought up Tyson Frizzell's headshot compared to Mark Tapao's. I, I think some would agree that he had some fair points, but uh, if you're not supposed to <laughs> aim at the match officials and the, the way you yeah, handle nothing, them. nothing there about... A fine, but I'd imagine he's yeah he's mm. going to get a fine. No, what other games were there? Like Titans, Sharks. Oh yeah, please, stinker! Defensively. I think the only one, the one that I didn't get to see because I was Roosters driving. Raiders was a stinker. Yeah, well, again another same old same old. Re- repeat, start ten nil, get blown to pieces. They. I what just, game didn't you see? The only game I did not see because I was driving was the Warriors Cowboys. Was which a Sounded like a belter. Absolute so belter. I've, I've missed the only game, game of the round of the weekend that probably mattered. But game of the same round. story that I brought up before. Warriors with a slow start. Cowboys, uh, you know, blowing that lead, but field goal at the end. And did I hear correctly? Yeah, but then the Warriors blew a lead late. They led by yeah. six. Did so. I hear that Jazz Tavanga got sent off again? Or Simbin so again? Simbin, yeah. Something so, dumb. Uh, again, love the aggression, but under these new rules, got to channel it correctly. Yeah. Something you have to work on. Footy's hard to watch at the moment. After that huge set of six in the mid-season review, I guess one thing not really mentioned before is obviously the movement of the Origin game to Townsville. So Melbourne have now secured it, given the COVID situation for 2024 and 2026 is the mutual venue. They were talking about the money right. being around three to four million for the game. Sydney offered five million, apparently late to play it at Bank West, but in the end, Townsville... And the Queensland government offered $8 million. Everyone said should go to Canberra, a neutral venue. Well, money talks and no one's going to go there for nothing, which is apparently what Canberra offered. So that's why Canberra was definitely not considered for that game. But Country Bank Stadium, I guess I the only real question I had, and I said this yesterday, I don't see how Suncorp or ANZ couldn't have sold the game out in the 10 days. I think there would be... The volume for it, but $8 million guaranteed up front as compared to stadiums, concessions, etc. I don't know how that balances out compared to a 25,000-seat stadium, but I can only imagine that the atmosphere is going to be absolutely mental up there. So from that perspective... Yeah, but getting $8, $8 million in your kicker means you could have two people watching it. It wouldn't matter. 
that, that was the biggest thing. Well, I looked at the <clears throat> 55,000 extra seats though at ANZ, and if you averaged out from highest to lowest and said 400 yeah, is the best every, ticket, 50. Not every piece of that ticket goes in the NRL's pocket. No, I know. So, which is why I'm sitting there going, well, clearly. They get eight, eight million in the kicker straight this away. This is best case scenario. So, and again. That's why they went there. A crazy rugby league region. Lovers of the game. They yeah. travel near and far, long distances, watch the Cowboys every week. You can only imagine how good the atmosphere will be at that quality stadium it's for that game. Crazy. Massive thing being a New South Wales fan, though. For anyone saying it's not a, not a, an advantage or it doesn't matter, I don't know that's the way New South Wales look at it. That's the way I hope they look at it. But two games in Queensland back-to-back is going to be a big ask for New South Wales. If they can jag one of these and come back here for game three, I'll be supremely confident. Yeah. But at the same time, and like you said before, people looking at the lineup are going, I don't think that's a really good lineup. Last year was supposedly the worst team in history, and they won the series. So there you go. Um, if they get a good leg up here and win heading to Suncorp, I dare say I'm not very confident that New South Wales will be able to steal game two mm-hmm. if they get a chance to get blood in the water and get the job done. So this is, I think this is the most important game this year. Everyone, we always say game one is the most important game, but given this is back-to-back games in Queensland, if we do not win game one, I'm not very confident about game two, mm-hmm. in all honesty. So huge result there, but Melbourne, those two games in the future, I think Perth's got one coming up in the next couple of years again. Um <clears throat> But yeah, that's uh, that's a fairly hefty result on that side of things. Short and round this weekend, as far as the tips are concerned, Boxhead and Origin affected lineup. So we'll have a look at that and go through those games and give our tips. Uh, the games that we do have this weekend, only four, as we've said, the buy for half the competition. The first game is the Dragons up against the Broncos at Net Strata on Thursday night. And for the Dragons, Matt Dufty is back at fullback and Josh Kerr comes back very timely. And Jack DeBellin makes his long to return on the bench with Tarek Sims going in for New South Wales. Dufty at fullback pushes Cody Ramsey back to the wing. Michaeli Ravalawa also comes back from his second shoulder charge ban of the season, which sees Pereira move out. Willie Arme slides to the centres. Jack Bird goes to the back row and Billy Burns is out of the side. Zach Lomax is at least another week away. And for the Broncos... Tyson Gamble returns and Matt Lodge also from suspension. They only, they've lost Haas and Coates to origin. With those two players out, Selwyn Cobbo gets his debut on the wing and Tom Flegler has been moved from the front back into the front row to cover for Haas. Albert Kelly goes back to 5-8. Anthony Milford's out of the side again. And Alex Glenn returns from a calf tendon tear, pushes Keenan Palacia back to the bench and Dale Copley goes to the reserve. So it's a... Uh, I'll go the Dragons, zero confidence. Yeah, looking here, <clears throat> having Hunt stay this time around, getting Dufty back on board. Bird in the back row is an interesting one. A lot of people have talked about it, but I think, again, big difference work rate-wise uh, when you're in there. Glenn back in on the other side, Gamble back in. Um, I think they're in the mix, but, uh, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. I'm going to go the Dragons, but with zero confidence, this one's a hard one to pick. The bench is what interests me as well on both sides here. So Amone again on the bench for the Dragons. you got a half on the bench. I know he can cover outside backs. Puasa doesn't play huge minutes. Alvaro now DeBellin on the bench, who's going from one game of cup after two and a half years off to play in the NRL. It's a big ask. And on the other side, Palacios, handful of games. Bullimore... Kobe Hetherington, who played quite well last week, and Rabati, who had a corker on debut and has just re-signed. So, uh, very interested to see Selwyn Cobbo. Keep your eyes out for him. He's a live wire. If he gets some open space and opportunity in this game, he'll be 
one to keep your eyes on. And uh, with Blue Bet, the odds on this one, $1.47 for the Dragons. The Brisbane Broncos, $2.65 or minus 6.5 is the line for that one. Um, the second game, Tigers up against the Panthers, as we mentioned before. Swag of players out for the Penrith Panthers, but Edwards comes back at fullback. Crichton pushes back to the centers with Momorowski. Robert Jennings gets his first game of the year on the wing and great coverage in the halves. They've got Burton and Tyron May at 6-7. and seven. Lainu into the starting front row with Fish, Kenny in a nine, kick out partner Sorensen in the back row with Eisenhuthen on the bench, Jamin Salmon over from Parramatta plays his first game of the year for Penrith, Jermaine Hopgood gets his second game of NRL, Lindsay Smith and Isaac Tago, two local juniors, a brothers and a St. Mary's junior, debuting for the Penrith Panthers. How good. Lindsay Smith plays middle, Isaac Tago center back row, so it's a bit of a lightweight bench this week, but again, two more juniors uh, debuting for the system, so they just keep pumping out there at Penrith. And uh, on the Tigers' side of things, uh, Offerhand Gowie obviously goes in to Origin Camp. And Lucci Arno Leilua was found not guilty of his shoulder charge, so he's free to play. Safe half promoted into the side with Offerhand Gowie out, and that's the only change from last week. And Yu Tukamanu is the new face on the bench. Brock, will you tip the Panthers? Yeah. <clears throat> Got faith? Yeah. I've got zero faith in the Tigers. I don't care who's playing for Penrith. Mm. I've got zero faith in the Tigers as well, but to me, with that many that many troops out, you have to win. Plus, Leota suspended as well. So, to you me... You have to. I will go the Tigers, but with, not with a lot of confidence. Mm. But would not be surprised at all by a Penrith win. Like I said, 1-7, to seven, still outstanding. And then to have Fish and Kikiao and Kenny, who have played... Obviously, Kenny's done a great job there, but those two guys still in your forward pack. King. Yes, the main worry is what you get out of your interchange bench there. Like Salmon, does he roll in and play a little bit of nine? Generally, he plays six and center. Hopgood's a 13. Lindsay's a 13. Tago plays back row center. So maybe Eisenhuth, Lainu, and Sorensen might get rotated or that nine position. But yeah, big week this week. I have no doubt Fish will deliver huge. Kikau has been hot and cold this year. This needs to be one of his better games. This needs to be a week where he dominates. Yep. Um, and Lainu getting some starting minutes. Big opportunity for him. And uh, May. May hasn't had a lot of mints this year either. He's been more that utility role off the bench and less prominent given how dominant they've been and what they've had going on on their side. So big opportunity for him. There's more to get some football under his belt here, but uh, we're split on that one. And with Blue Bet, the Tigers, outsiders, $2.55. A $1.50 favourite still. The Panthers with the heavy changes, minus 4.5 is the line there. Saturday, <laughs> Melbourne Storm up against the Gold Coast Titans. Usually we have a bit more excitement around this, but Origin affected, so uh, not the best lineups. But for Melbourne, Kenny Bromwich is fit to play. He replaces Felice Cafusi. Dean Aramaya gets the call on the wing for Josh Adokar. Cooper Johns is in at 5'8". Nelson, the soft Solomona, starts the front row. Chris Lewis will be on the bench. Riley Jacks makes a comeback from injury on the extended bench for your mob, the Titans. Ash Taylor is back to partner Jamal Fogarty in the halves. Tanner Boyd pushed back to the extended bench while Tyron Peachy has to be content on the bench back from his suspension. And with a raft of players in origin in Tino, Fafita, uh, obviously AJ Brimson, Preston Campbell's son, Jaden Campbell, plays fullback this week on debut, which is great to see. Yeah, interesting. Uh, he's got some raps on him, so interested to see him play there. Joseph Funa, younger brother, of for, uh, of the former Knight, Cooper Werner, is on the bench for his first game, which he's played since the Warriors in 2018. I remember him playing there. 
Jamie Jolliffe replaces Moe Kifotawaka in the front row. Sam Stone in the back row. And Sam McIntyre takes over at 13. And both from all will miss with a hamstring injury. Jai Whitbread joins Peachy Vuna and Aaron Clark on the bench. Still on the storm. Of course. They've played without majority of these guys the last few weeks. Obviously, a couple more changes on top of the normal with Felice and Addo Carr now out of the mix. But, uh, yeah, everyone seems to be coming and just keep doing their job. Having the likes of Dale, Kenny, Jesse, Nelson, Brandon Smith, they're still plenty confident, in particular with the forward pack. Jerome Hughes there, Nico at the back. They've still got some really good guys here, like we said, which is key. It's, it's one thing to have guys... They can cover in the spine, but guys that can come in and win games, let alone cover, is a huge plus. Um, to take out for Fita Tino and AJ in particular is a huge blow to the Gold Coast Titans, and I'm sure it'll be reflected in the odds, and it is. The Melbourne Storm with Blue Bet are nine. The Titans are $7.50, and the line is minus 22.5. That's still very heavy duty with those changes. In the last game of the short round, Sunday, <clears throat> McDonald's Road Stadium, Newcastle, after a good win last week, come up against the Parramatta Eels. And uh, for the Knights, David Clemmer, early guilty play for that careless high shot. He'll miss two weeks. Suasso Sue moves into the front row, and Jacob Sabidi moves in for his brother Daniel. Brody Jones moves into the back row for Tyson Frizzell. Um, and Kurt Mann is added to the interchange alongside second gamer. Nathaniel Sasungi and Jack Johns, who is making his first appearance for the Newcastle Knights. So I'm sure that's exciting for the Johns family that his name uh, goes onto the player list there. And for the Eels, Reid Marnie was named, but he's now been released to play. So that's a big up and in for the uh, Eels on top of Dylan Brown coming back from suspension and Regan Campbell-Gillard back from suspension as well. Oregon Kafusi pushes back to the bench. Jacob Arthur is out of the side and Murata Niakore replaces Front rower, Junior Paulo in that role. And Hayes Dunster, first start of the season. Blake Ferguson dropped from the team. And Will Smith is back in the 14 jersey. So um, a couple of good returns this week. In particular, a boost, I guess, get Marnie back in with Brown. Yeah, it's big. Uh, Murata's a big player as well to have in there and be able to plug him in. Dunster for Ferguson is interesting. Um, Didn't see that one coming. But... Obviously trying to send a message again. I know he's got Wanga Blake there right now. I still would have been mm. more than tempted to just put Murata back in there and give Wanga some time in New South Wales Cup to work on his defence, but not the way things have gone. But you look at Newcastle, obviously Ponga doesn't come back. You lose Daniel Safidi, Clement gets suspended, Frizzell's out. It's it's hard to tip them, that's for sure. I think the Eels this week could win and, and win very well given the fact that they've only lost realistically. One player in Junior Paula that Marnie's now back in the side. Yeah, it's an, an unreal result for Parramatta. Parra, yeah. Massive. I'll tip them. Yep, both on them and with Bluebet, they're a dollar twenty-eight favourite. I still think there'd be some value there. Um, maybe not so much in that regard, but I could see a big win here if I'm going to be honest. I think this might be a thirteen plus. So Newcastle, three sixty-five with Bluebet. The line minus eleven and a half, and there you go for the shortened round. We'll have a quick look at the odds for Origin. And uh, we'll be back, what do you reckon, Monday? Probably Monday. To yeah. review it because it's a quick turnaround. <clears throat> do the uh, in-depth. Monday for a review preview. Origin review. Oh, sorry, origin preview and the review of the short round. But the odds right now as they stand, even though it's up in Queensland, they are the outsiders with bluebet.com. They are $2.25, the Maroons. The New South Wales Blues, $1.75. 
65 minus two and a half is the line. One to 12, Queensland, 345, $3 for the Blues. 13 plus, 490 for Queensland. 13 plus for the Blues. Try scorer odds, the Fox, no surprise, the favorite, $8. Holmes has been a specialist for first tries. In origin, if he does play on the wing, $9. One of the other gun names like a Tedesco or a Trebojevic, Latrell Mitchell, $12, $13. Dank Gagai, $17. We're always good on the, the back rowers if a back rower gets over. So if you like that bet, for Fita, Shortest of the back rowers. He's paying 19 Felice, $34. Sims, $29. Murray, $29. Um, and they've got some other markets up right now. There's no man in the match market yet, is there? No. Let's do it on Monday. But we'll look at that when we get to it. So a big thank you. Must go to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet, bet with Bluebet, the true blue Aussie bookie. Download the app today or use the website. And one thing I did forget to finish off, Power rankings for midpoint in the season. Brock brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Uh, there's obviously no one better to go see if you're looking to get solar. So if you want to know what's worse than seeing your team cop the wooden spoon this season, it's been hit with a rising power bill that puts you more on edge than an origin aside. He uh, links up because origin's here. Penrith Solar Centre at Western Sydney's leading solar specialist to help with local families take control of their bills. Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket. Take back control. Contact Penrith Solar today 1800-2029-30 to discuss how you can be the real winner this season or visit the website www.penrithsolo.com.au number one Penrith Panthers correct and number two Melbourne Storm correct no surprises there three after last week Rabbitohs I flipped it yep pushed themselves back up four Eels okay so you bumped Manly back down two spots after that yeah I'll still leave Manly at four after a bit of pushback because they did get the Eels the week before, but yeah, at five, Parramatta. Uh, five. I'm going to go the Roosters. Yeah, well, I'm going to get that. Good result. Um, I'm going to still go them at six, the Roosters. Just purely again on the... Manly at six. The fact that they've had come through and the players they've had in and out of the side. Number seven. I'm going to have the Cowboys. Yep. And number eight, despite the loss, I'll stick with the Warriors. Yeah, I'm going the Warriors as well. And, uh, I think those two, along with Manly, they've kind of pushed themselves in to a group where if you're looking at form and the way things are going right now, I know we've hit the origin period, but compared to the guys behind them, your Canberra's who are stuttering, Newcastle with the injuries, etc. right now, I think there's a good opportunity, probably not the best time for it, but for a couple of those to potentially solidify that bottom end of the eight. But there you go. Wraps us up for this week. We'll be back on Monday to review that short round and give an in-depth preview of the head-to-head clash, the key matchups, thoughts, strengths, weaknesses, and uh, what we think will happen for the kickoff of State of Origin 1 up there in Townsville to kick off the series for 2021 Boxhead. Exciting times that Origin is already here and uh, like we talk about most years, you're waiting for the season to come back and it finally hits and before you know it, it's origin. Before you know it, the season will be over. We'll be on that home stretch and we'll be heading for the finals. Yeah, we will be. That's right. We're almost uh, halfway home. Mm-hmm. Everyone get excited. I know the short rounds are sometimes hard with all the players missing, but it's a good opportunity to see some good young talent. Hopefully, we have some decent clashes on the weekend, but if not, you've got origin to look forward to next weekend. We'll be back Monday, in-depth preview of State of Origin 1. But for now... Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league.
Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.